Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Horror Haven Podcast. My name is Sierra. I'm Dylan. And this week we're going to be going over the Scream movie series. Hello? Hello? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Well, just some scary movie. Like scary movies. Uh huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? So I want to know who I'm looking at. So we're gonna start with the first Scream, which was released in 1996 and directed by Wes Craven. Uh, the plot of this movie follows a girl named Sydney Prescott who lives in the town of Woodsboro. And um, what's happening is at the start of the movie, you find out that her mom had been murdered a year prior, and there is a killer slowly killing. People the, in the town. Yeah, the different people in the town. And I think that's that, that's, that's the general plot line. I think the thing that's so cool about Scream is that they introduce kind of quirky characters and funny characters. Yeah, I love the, the cast of the movie. They had really good chemistry with each other, and it did a good job of making it a slasher movie while making it funny at the same time. It was very much like a work of satire and it made fun of itself and the slasher genre all at the same time while still making a good slasher movie. I watched a video a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago and it was talking about how slasher movies up to this point were kind of repeating the same process and basically Scream took that process, put it out in the light and kind of called them out for it and almost changed it up a little bit, but still followed those guidelines to a point. And the video I had watched brought up a really good point that it seems like after Scream, the slasher movies kind of died out quite a bit. And I think it's because Scream really pointed out like how the same they are how the same they are yeah and then like <clears throat> after that and after them like bringing that up movies like urban legend and i know what you did last summer came out which were really big movies but at the same time they just repeated that same formula i understand what you're yeah. saying <laughs> i have to say though with urban legend i feel like it did kind of throw something different out there because of the way the killer was killing i think it kind of changed up the whole that this happens, this happens, and this happens. But I, I do agree with you. I think it was fun the way that they pointed out the rules, the, the rules of a horror movie. Yeah. You know, and and there's like a the there's a very famous scene in Scream where they're at the party at um, Matthew Lillard's house. I don't know Stu. Yeah, I love Matthew Lillard. But <laughs> and the the boy Randall, Randy, Randy is going through, and he's like, "This is this is the first rule," and and it's a very iconic scene for that movie. My only thing that I'm going to say, and it's not negative or anything like that, it's just like I, I don't understand how it's put into a horror genre. It's not it's because put to into me, a slasher genre. Yeah, but a, a slasher is a horror, you know, and and I, I honestly feel it's more comedy than it is horror. Uh, like down to, I feel like they told the actors to be bad, like <laughs> act like you're in the movie Clueless, but there's going to be knives and guns involved. Yeah, but at the same time, I think it was equal balance for me because for as much terrible acting there is in it, there's also great acting. Like, the end with... Um, Don't say Officer Dewey. <laughs> he is not a great actor. He's funny, but he's not a great actor. No, but, like, Sydney, I think, was great. Uh, Neve Campbell did a great job as Sydney, and Sydney, to this day, is one of my favorite final girls in 
slasher movies. I think she did great as that character for the first three. Her boyfriend, uh, Billy Loomis, the actor who played Billy. You mean Johnny Depp. He was so, like, he was typical, like, teen up until the end where, spoiler alert, it was revealed that he and Stu were the killers, but I think he played crazy very well. And Matthew Lillard's lines at the end, like, it shows how crazy they are, but they're, like, it's funny and fucked up at the same time. <laughs> you know what I have to say is, like, the end of reveal. It's like, I feel like you rarely consider a killer to be um, a teenager or a child. It's, it's usually, like, an adult man. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when they reveal that they're the killers. <clears throat> because, like, it's supposed to be, like, this big dramatic part. But it's kind of like they're still scared of their parents. Like, they're <laughs> still scared that they're going to get in trouble. And it's like these are kids killing and they're totally like they think they're badass you know and but then there's a, a moment when matthew lillard asks uh sydney did, if you, really she, did you really call the cops and she's like yeah and he's like oh god my parents are gonna be so mad at me and it's like that's what a teenager would think. That's, like, the first thought that would come to my head when I got in trouble as a kid. It's, like... Well, a lot of Matthew Lillard's... It's really funny. A lot of Matthew Lillard's lines were improvised, like, especially towards the end. Like, that line was improvised. Um, the part where Billy throws the phone at his head, that was an actual reaction that Wes Craven kept in because, like, how genuine it was. Like... Stu turned around and was like, you're the fucking phone. <laughs> and, um, I'm feeling a little boozy. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> uh, what has Matthew Lillard done lately? Did he just stop acting? Well, he was in my favorite horror movie, Scooby-Doo. And, uh, I love Scooby-Doo. You know <laughs> he made a great Shaggy. He really did. <laughs> he uh, fell off the radar soon after. Yeah, no, I, I love the first Scream. Um, I think it does a really good job of playing on that slasher thing. But, yeah, I do see what you mean with, the, like, the cheesy acting. And yeah. I feel like it makes the scary movie movies, like, Inception. Like, a, <laughs> you know, because it's, like, it's like um, mocking within mocking. Like, mm-hmm. Scream was meant to make fun of other horror movies, and then Scary Movie made fun of Scream that was making fun of other horror movies. So it's, like, like this whole huge Inception <laughs> ideal there. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the town starts suffering from all these murders, and typical teenager response, they say, okay, well, we're going to have a party. So they decide to have a party at Stu's house, and while there, people start getting killed by the killer, and um, you have Gail Weathers, who is a reporter. Oh, we haven't even talked about Gail Weathers at all. How did we miss that one? Um, Courtney Cox. Yeah, so Gail Weathers was writing a book about Cotton Weary, who was... The man who was falsely accused for killing Sydney's mother. Mm-hmm. And he was also found guilty and put in prison. Yeah. So Gail Weathers is kind of like this typical reporter. She's trying to get the scoop on what's going on. And she's being very insensitive to the people who were um, <laughs> involved in this situation. So um, she shows up to the party and they're in their van outside kind of surveying the party and trying to... Watching them. Yeah, watch and wait to see if anything happens. And, I mean, they have, like, the whole cast at this party, and people start dying, and everybody at the party leaves because they find out that their principal, a.k.a. Fonzie, um, was, Fonzie. Ki- yeah, <laughs> was killed. Um, so they all leave, and that's where the big reveal happens, and there's the chase scene with Sydney and... Uh, Whoa, you're skipping the most brutal death scene in the world. Rose McGowan being crushed to death in a doggy door in the garage. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I just feel like that that kill was so unrealistic. Like, that's not how that would happen. There was a lot of kills in the movie, but, I mean, you have to think, too. Yeah, it's unrealistic, but... I, I think that they just tried to be fun. Like, I, I feel like there certain was a lot things, of... they were like, okay, we're going to be an actual slasher horror movie, and then other things, they were like, we're just going to go really comedy with it, so that, like, I feel like it... The reason... I don't know the reasoning behind why they did it, but for me, I feel like it was... It made it watchable by people who didn't like that genre. Mm-hmm. Like, people who liked comedies would enjoy Scream. Yeah. In, in my opinion, I think that. I also don't know why they killed the principal. I don't know. Because <clears throat> he's the fods. I don't know if it was just, like, a typical teenager thing. Like, I hate my principal and I'm going to kill him. Because he really didn't fit with the rest of the murders. Yeah. Like, um, the movie starts out with Drew, Mar- Drew, Drew, Drew Barrymore's Barrymore. character, Casey, being killed. And it's later, I, it never really says it, but I'm assuming um, she used to date Stu and she, No, it says that she dated Stu. Yeah, I know, but it, yeah. it doesn't say that that's why he killed her. Yeah. Oh, I'm, no, that's definitely why he killed her, though. Yeah, that's what I'm he, saying. Because he was very, like, he was like that, though. He was like a rich kid that got what he wanted when he wanted it. Yeah. And and I think that was the problem for him. Um, I know Billy had a, a whole different motive. Yeah, so Billy's motive for the murders was... His mother had left his father, and it's revealed that the reason that she left was because Sydney's mom, who they had killed, was having an affair with Billy's dad, which is the reason why Billy's mom left. So he's basically a big, whiny mama's boy. Mama was a hussy. <laughs> no, and that's something that bothers me, too, is it's like, this girl's mom died within a year, and like her best friend, played by Rose McGowan, who's gorgeous, by the way, um... It's like, yeah, like, I mean, not to be a jerk, but your mom's a whore. <laughs> like, she said it almost that bluntly. Yeah. Like, and I'm not trying to be that person, but your mom's a slut. I love that. <laughs> That's so shitty. I, I think it's, like, the typical, like, how they were playing with the satire of the movie that it was making fun of slasher movies because, mm-hmm. I mean, even look at Billy's character. He was the typical, like, the whole movie he's trying to hook up with Sydney. And it's like all these murders. Oh my god! Yeah. All of the lines, whenever Sydney and Billy were like in a exactly. bedroom together, it was so fucking bad. Exactly, and I think I think it was purposely done that way because was, it was making fun of Sasha. What and like, was the line they said right before they had sex? What was that? It was like oh, they were talking about why like life talking. can't be. Life is a movie, and it's whatever genre you make it. And Sydney's like, well, how about a porno or something? Yeah, it's like, like what the fuck. <laughs> That's horrible. That's disgusting. Yeah, but I I feel like it was all to play on that like typical character in a slasher movie. I feel and like that's how that's like why... really old people look at teenagers. Yeah, and I think that's why <laughs> the acting was the way it was. But like Billy's character, for example, like Sydney's like, oh, like I I haven't hooked up with Billy since my mother died. It's just been a hard time for me. And Billy's just like, that was a year ago. It's time Get to over, move on. Get over your dead mother. Yeah. So. I think it's funny how movies always put that, like, out there about teenagers. Like, they're, like, so um, obsessed with sex. Yeah. It's, it's, like, so, I just think it's funny that all movies do that. Not even just horror movies. Yeah, but it, it's just... <sighs> I think that's why the acting was the way it was. It's because it was portraying what a typical slasher movie cast is. You know what? It was better, even better yet. It was like not another teen movie with knives. No, it wasn't. No, that's how that's how the <laughs> acting was. It was so cheesy. Oh. 
um, I love Randy's character because the whole movie, he's like, this is exactly how a horror movie would be. And he's like, this is the typical action of this person. And this is typical down to the point where he was like, yeah, Billy's the killer because that's how it would happen in the movies. And then it turns out Billy's the killer. <laughs> I like that. Um, I liked Randy a lot more actually in the second one. Yeah, I agree. I think that he, in the, in the third one or the first one, he was like more of an extra. And then in the second one, he really became a character. Yeah. So, I feel so bad that Sydney just wouldn't give him the time of day though. <laughs> Like, he was such a decent guy, and he wouldn't have killed her. Yeah. So, like, come on, Sydney. Get with a guy who doesn't kill people for once in your life. So the movie ends with Gail Weathers coming in to help Sydney. They kill Stu. They kill Billy. And it kind of just ends. So the only survivors at that point were... Randy, Sydney, Gail Weathers, and Officer Dewey. Who's probably the best character in the whole movie. <laughs> David Arquette. Yeah, I mean, he's not, it's, it's not, it's not like it's, um, he's not going to win an award for the acting he did, but, but the character was, he was a lovable, doofy guy. He was David Arquette. He was David Arquette, yeah, he played himself. But uh, <laughs> we love Officer Dewey, and he is a hero in his own in his own right. Yeah, and he goes on to be one of the main characters for the rest of the franchise. Yeah, and that's something that I do have to say I respect about this um, <clears throat> the series is that they bring the main characters back for every movie, uh, which is completely different from any other horror series you can think of. For the most part, they do not bring in the same characters every movie. Like... What I liked they don't. What I liked about this movie is they started out with a big actress, Drew Barrymore. And they killed her. And they killed her in like, the first like ten minutes, five yeah. minutes. Um and it I, I feel like that was really to throw people off because everybody's expect like even the poster for the movie is Drew Barrymore on and the she's front. only in the first ten minutes yeah, of it. Yeah, you would expect her to be the main character. It makes they, me sad though because I love Drew Barrymore and I hate Courtney Cox and it's like why why couldn't they switch? <laughs> like I love Drew Barrymore and Courtney Cox is just like Ugh. all I think about is friends and I hate friends. <laughs> so another interesting thing about this movie is that it was rated NC-17 quite a bit. They had to keep doing recuts and sending it back to get an R rating, which kind of throws me off. Like, I'd like to see an uncut version of this movie to see what they had to cut from the movie. Wait, <laughs> the movie's rated R? Yes. Why? Um, like, violence? Blood and gore, language, probably. I feel like it wasn't... Like, I, I would say PG-13. Maybe, by to, maybe by probably today's by standard, today's yeah. standards, yeah. I was like, what? That doesn't seem right because it's really like not it's not crazy gory there's not like i don't remember like crazy amounts of like f-bombs or anything like that so i don't i don't know what yeah. would get it well, they had, they, an r rating it had i guess it had a lot more gory scenes in it that they had to cut and the motion picture association was still like pretty set on giving it an R rating, mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, giving it an NC-17 rating. So Bob Weinstein, who was one of the producers for the movie, stepped in and said that the movie was a comedy and not a horror movie. And they completely like changed their mind and were like, all right, well, yeah, in that case, we'll give it a... I don't know why it makes a difference, but... <laughs> I agree. I think it is more of a comedy. In my I, in my in my personal opinion, I feel like it's funny. I love the uh the references to West A Craven. Nightmare on Elm Street that Wes oh. Craven just throws in there. Like he's giving him he's paying homage to himself. Like I like when the the part where Rose McGowan's like, "Oh, it's like that movie by uh 
Wes Carpenter? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. I, I love uh, in the beginning with Drew Barrymore where the killer's like, oh, guess my favorite scary movie. And she says, A Nightmare on Elm Street. And he's like, is that the one with the guy with knives for fingers? And she said, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, that's that's a scary movie. And she's like, well, the first one is, but the rest of them were kind of bad or the rest of them sucked. Yeah, the rest of them sucked. <laughs> and yeah. it's because uh, Wes Craven had really didn't have any say in the sequels, so... Yeah. Yeah, but it's good that he's he's able to like make fun of himself too. Yeah, and then there was the janitor with the striped. Oh yeah, sweater. yeah, and his name was Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> I I like that they they did little things like that. It's it's always nice to see that no one's taking their life a little too seriously, you know. Yeah, I give Wes Craven credit. I mean, it's really sad that he passed away, but he really is like one of the biggest names in horror. I yeah. mean, Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, The Hills Have Eyes, Last House on the Left. Like, they're really big movies. Yeah, I feel like he has a few really great movies, but then I feel like he's also one of the ones that is famous for dragging shit out <laughs> way too long. Yeah. Scream 1, 2, 3, and 4. Let's <laughs> um, talk about that. They didn't, they didn't need four movies, in my opinion, at all. I mean, I... I feel like, I don't know if it's ever been officially said, but I also feel like this was more of him expanding on the fourth wall breaking type move. Like, because before this, he had Wes Craven's New Nightmare, Mm -hmm. which was the last film in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, which takes place in the real world. And it's like, oh, the Freddy movies were just movies, but Mm -hmm. now Freddy Krueger's coming to life and he's actually killing people. And it kind of reinvented the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh, the, yeah, but see, that that's my only complaint with Wes Craven is that he does he has made great, great movies. Don't get me wrong. He's very talented. But Scream was dragged out way too long. Freddy dragged out way too long. It's like once he had something great, he wanted to expand so far on it. And it's like all the, ones that, all the times that he's done it that I can think of, it was like not done well after the first one so it, it's it's a little disappointing that he makes those choices for me yeah. because I feel like a lot of the times when you run on with a series too long it ruins the original and that's unfortunate well speaking of running on with the series too long let's get into Scream 2 but first we have to give our ratings for the movie I love the first Scream movie it's always been one of my favorites um I think I would give the first one probably an 8 out of 10 I really have fun watching it I've the first one, it's a fun movie to watch. Watching them all in a row, they do kind of get a little repetitive, and I'll get into that later on. But for As the first, we go down the series. Yeah, for the first one, though, I think I'd give it an 8 out of 10. I'm going to go with a 5.7. Yeah. And, and it's not because it's not fun to watch. It's very fun. It's very entertaining. But as a horror movie, it is not scary at all. There is no real fear in this movie. Um... But as a comedy, I'd give it an eight. <laughs> so there you go. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me? What do you want? It's time, girlfriend. Don't you know history repeats itself? All right, so moving on to Scream 2, it was released in 1997. It follows Sydney as she goes to college, and a new killer shows up and starts killing people, and they're following a pattern that repeats Woodsboro, where the people that they're killing share names with the original victims from Woodsboro. 
Randy returns, uh, Gail Weathers comes back, and she is doing reports about Cotton. Yeah, she's pretty much trying to get an interview with Sydney and Cotton to kind of... I feel like it was, like, to get Sydney to, like, apologize to him, to get publicity for him, because he wanted, like, 15 minutes of fame to show that he's not this bad guy. Yeah. Which and he kind of is a bad guy. Like, he he didn't kill anybody, but he's a dick. <laughs> um, and Dewey returns. Yes! Because he comes to check on Sid after people start dying. For some reason, he just follows this girl around. <laughs> the movie takes place at the college, um... It's like a is it it's a year later, isn't it? Or two years later? It's a couple of years later. Um It was released a year later, but in their time it was like two. <laughs> yeah. It might have been a year later though, because if she was a senior in the last in, in the high first school, one. She yeah. could be in college. But I feel like you wouldn't get over like Yeah, like, she has a new boyfriend. Yeah, in she this. has a new boyfriend and it's like your old boyfriend just like tried to kill you and all of your friends. The so, cast in this movie was very nineties too, with uh Jerry O'Connell. Sarah Michelle Gellar was in it. Yes, Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy was in it, so that was fun. It was a very 90s cast. Um, but Sydney's friends start dying, and it leads up to the end of the movie where it's revealed that her best friend's boyfriend was the killer, and rather than... He, he wanted to blame the movies for his killing as a poet he was very film obsessed in the movie yeah but it wasn't like he actually believed that the movies made him the way he was he wanted to go through a trial and for whatever reason just blame the movies for the fun of it like he was all excited for i I think again i think he was excited for like the fame of it fame of it yeah. yeah and i think that he wanted he wanted to be this psycho killer that people made a movie about that's what i think he was trying to get out of it yeah. Which isn't this the one where Stab 1's being made? Yes, so in the, within the movie, <laughs> Stab 1 has just been released, and it is a movie it's about the Wood... Yeah, it's Scream, pretty much. It's a movie about the Woodsboro murders, and um, Sydney's kind of also dealing with the events of that taking place. But it is also revealed at the end of the movie that along with her friend's boyfriend, Mickey... There is another killer who is Debbie Salt, a reporter that has been following Gail Weathers around trying to get the scoop of what's been going on. Go who ahead. is Billy's mom? Yeah. And she is pissed. <laughs> Her perfect little boy was wonderful and perfect, and she killed him. But it's like, dude, your son was trying to kill her, but she's also pissed off because Sydney's mom was shacking up with her husband. Yeah, well, so. her her mindset on it was Sydney's mom took her husband away, and now Sydney took her son away. But you're the one who left, so I don't know. Yeah, like, you <laughs> left your son. Like, maybe if you were around, he wouldn't have died. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so my, be a mom. My thoughts on this, I liked this movie also, but I feel like it was drawn out quite a bit. I like the part where they sang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was, like, a little musical number where he professes his love to Sydney because she's, like, she's starting to get paranoid that he's the killer because it had already happened to her where her boyfriend was the killer. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, like, kind of getting that vibe from her that she thinks he's a killer. So he, like, jumps up on a table and starts singing. I don't remember what song it was. It's, a, it's like, a well-known song that everybody would know. Tom Cruise from, uh... Wasn't it something from, like, Top Gun? Yeah, it was from Top Gun. Yeah. But, um, 
it was really embarrassing and horrible. And if anybody ever did that to me, I'd probably break up with them on the spot. It's but such a cringy she moment. She <laughs> loved it. She liked it. And then she broke up with him, like, uh, the next scene. <laughs> she didn't break up with him, but she... Wa- She's her like, thing stay wa- away from me. Her thing on it was... He's either the killer or he's this really nice guy who I'm putting in danger. So she didn't want to be around him. And guess what happens? He dies. He gets killed. And she could have saved him if she if she actually listened to him. Yeah. Randy dies in this movie, which I was really Uh, upset about. I was so sad. Yeah. No, Randy should have He turns into such a badass, though. He dies because Billy's mom kills him because he basically starts shit talking Billy on the phone when uh, she calls as the killer. He's like, oh, Billy was a pussy. Like, he was just a little bitch. And she just grabs him from the van that he's standing in front of and just kills him. And it killed me inside, but... I know. Randy was like... If if Randy survived this movie, I feel like a lot less people would have died because he had an <laughs> understanding of what the... But, okay, this is the thing that I don't understand. How are they killing, like... How is Rand or not Randy Billy's mom aware of how a horror movie works? I don't think she is. I think she's just she it just people. so happens she's killing people. Well, and- she's also working with Mickey, who's a movie. Oh yeah, yeah, expert. yeah. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Um. There- I thought the reveal was good in this. I didn't like it as much as the reveal in the first movie. I feel like that's what the big thing is. I feel like I would, I would almost group this movie with the Saw movies, where it's a really drawn-out movie that you watch mainly for the reveal or the twist at the end of the movie. Well, it's funny because I feel like once you do a huge twist in your first movie at the end, not, not like a huge twist, but they did a big reveal at the end by yeah. saying, like, the two kids that were friends with everybody was the ones killing it. It's like, okay, so you're going to do the exact same thing in the next three movies, too? Yeah. We know it's coming. <laughs> we understand. So the whole movie, you're watching it, and you're figuring out. And guess what? I guessed that that was Billy's mom. I was pretty excited, but I did. You didn't guess it was Billy's yes, mom, I did. but you guessed that she was the killer. No, I guessed that that woman was... I was like, watch. That's, that's Billy's mom. I did. I guessed that it was Billy's mom. You just don't listen to me. I was kind of upset with the reveal, mainly because... Timothy Oliphant, who played Mickey, mm-hmm. I loved his character when he goes crazy. Yeah. He did such a great job acting like he pulled off crazy very well. And I but was like... You, you hate Jackie from Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> and then he... Uh, Billy's mom kills him and is like, oh, he had this crazy plan and stuff. And then I really didn't care at that point because it's just like, all right, this is just a lady who has a gun and is trying to get revenge. Like, I really didn't feel any kind of threat from her. It was like, okay, you have a gun. You're not really going to do much. But, um, I mean, it was a fun scene to watch. Still, Sydney uses the set because the reveal takes place on a stage for a play that Sydney's in. And Sydney kind of uses the set pieces to, like, take her down. Yeah. But in the end, it ends up Cotton Weary comes in and... Saves the day. Saves the day. He makes it look like he's going to kill Sydney because, oh, she ruined my life. She sent me to jail. But it was all just this big play. And he shoots um, Billy's mom at the end. I love the line during the reveal where uh, Billy's mom is going on like, oh, you killed my son, I'm going to kill you, and all this stuff. And she's like explaining her motive, and Sydney goes, you're forgetting one thing about Billy, and she leans in, she's like, I fucking killed him, and she hits him with the necklace. Oh, I love that part. It's such a badass scene. I that This is why I love Sydney. Like, she's such a good final girl. I'm gushing a little bit. He has a crush on Sydney Prescott. <laughs> 
But um, Dolan's got a girlfriend. So I, I like this movie. I do think it was really drawn out. I feel like they could have made it like forty-five minutes shorter, and I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. So you would have preferred it as a short. No, the movie was like two hours long. So they made it like an hour and a half, an hour and twenty minutes. I feel like it was it really that long. Yeah, I feel like when I was watching, because we watched, um, we watched them like, like one right after another, and it was like, I can't even differentiate one, two, three, and four. Four I can because they're old. But one, two, and three. No, they're you can tell. You can tell. Okay, but one, two, and three. It's like okay. Wait, wait, where, what? Where did this, like, I know, like, the general plot line of each one, but it's, like, cer- certain scenes they get mixed up with other ones because yeah. it's just, they're, they're very similar. Yeah. All together, though, I think it was a fine sequel, but I, I do think it was unnecessary. I think I would have preferred the Scream movies if they kept it with the first movie. If they just kept the first Scream... Or didn't kill off Matthew Lillard, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. It, I it liked him. It would have been good, but... Um, that kind of what's bothers me though is that every movie, somebody's killing in the exact same way. They know all this information from the movie before, but it's always a different. Well, kill. that's it's what like, I'm so, saying. It's, it's really kind of stupid. It's repetitive, and it did like by the, the time we got to the third movie, I was so sick of hearing the phone ring and the killers talking on the phone. What's your like favorite scary movie? I feel like it would be okay to watch like. If I watch the first one and then two years from now watch the second one and then a year later like, watch you, the third one. You gotta one. let yourself forget what happened in the first one so you can think it's a new movie. If I spaced them out a little bit, I would be yeah. able to. But I think I feel that like was that's the same problem with, with uh, Child's when Play. When we play, watch Child's Play. I think play, that's like any slasher similar. movie, though. Like, um, Friday the 13th is the same way. I can't watch them in a row because I get so. Halloween's probably pretty similar. I haven't watched all of them. In, well, I don't know because I remember watching every Halloween movie in two days with my sister-in-law Stacy and it was like it didn't bother me at all like, I enjoyed well, it well some movies so. aren't that bad like um Nightmare on Elm Street I can probably watch right in a row because they changed the story up for each yeah, one yeah yeah I don't I don't know I'm not like I like Nightmare on Elm Street please don't attack me horror fans but it's not my favorite series like a lot of people absolutely love Freddy and I think he's a great character and I think that he has made his mark in horror but um, it's not really a series that I can just sit down and watch. And if you listen to the podcast, you know, like, everyone, I'm like, oh, I like realistic horror. I like realistic horror. So that's probably why for me it's not my favorite. But um, I, I don't think I could sit down through, like, how many Nightmare on Elm Street movies are there now? Um, there's like seven and then don't ta- don't season. don't add the new ones. The new one. Okay, so there's seven in the original. So seven in the original series. I think that I might be able to watch them over a course of like a month, but I don't don't know. Like I, obviously, there's going to be a point where we have to watch them in a week, <laughs> but I'm I'm scared for that moment because I feel like I'm going to get bored. But so Scream Two. Anyway, back to Scream Two. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I think I'd give this one like a. 6.5 out of 10. I Like I said, I like the reveal. I think it was a decent sequel, but it was just too similar to the original, and it was drawn out way too much, and I really didn't like Billy Loomis' mom. I'm going to give it a 5.7 again. Seems the first. Yeah, because this is, it's so similar. <laughs> All right. Like, and, and again, it's not that it's a bad movie. They're very entertaining. I'm just looking at this as, like, is it scary? Is it, like... Does it mess with your head? It doesn't really hit any of those notes for me, so. But it's fun. 
California Women's Crisis Counseling. My name is Laura. How can I help oh, you? Laura, I do have a crisis. I've killed someone, Laura. Are you listening to me? Huh? Who is this? Just one question. Do you think it's over, Sydney? Do you? All right, so Scream 3 was released in 2000 and was also directed by Wes Craven. This one switched up the formula a little bit because it put the scenes in California. They were filming a movie, it was Stab 3, and the cast for the movie starts dying off in the order that they're dying in the script. Mm-hmm. Sydney is in like a secluded, like safe house type thing where she's away from the world. But well, it's the... her house, but she changed her name and all that so that yeah. in hopes that nobody would be able to find her. Yeah. So. But Dewey knows where she is. Dewey didn't even know. He was able to talk to her, but he didn't know where she um, was. That's another thing too that I want to bring up before you get too deep into the plot line. Dewey is no longer a cop in this one. He is. Um, an executive something for the movie to make sure that it's realistic to the true happenings. So he switched careers for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so Sydney is at this house where she's like kind of away from it all, and the cast of the movie starts dying off in the order that they're dying in the script. Gail is, I don't know if she's a reporter, she's not a reporter anymore, right? Um, no, I thought that she stopped reporting in um, the fourth one. Maybe. I don't remember. She's married to Dewey in this one, right? No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> See Her, what I mean? <laughs> Dewey and um, Gail are no longer together. Dewey is kind of in a relationship with the girl who is playing Gail Weathers in the movie. Oh, and she's annoying. She's... um. Parker Posey. Yeah, yeah, you'll recognize her from uh, Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Much better character in Dazed and Confused. <laughs> Much better character. So, uh, they're making this movie, and... Sydney eventually gets found by the killer and she comes out of hiding to help them investigate who could be doing this. They meet up with Randy's sister who found a videotape of Randy and he's explaining like, if you're watching this, I didn't make it, but if you're dealing with another killer... It's no longer... It doesn't go by the same rules as, yeah. a, as a sequel. Well, he it said is it now could either a be complete a, trilogy. Yeah, he said it could either be another sequel in which the same rules apply, or it could be the ending of a trilogy in which all bets are off, um, nobody's safe, Sydney could even die. And your killer could be superhuman. Yeah, and it also said, like, things that you thought you know about the past aren't real, forget about it, because the story's going to change up, which... They did by bringing in points that Sydney's mother, before Sydney was born, was an actress. Was an actress who was taken advantage of at yeah, a party. Yeah, it like she was like molested or raped. Yeah, by the one of the people that were working on the, the Stab guy who 3. directed, who was directing or not directing, producing Stab Three. Yeah, because the director was Roman. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> They find out that Sydney's mom was an actress and she was involved. The killer also in this movie had some kind of super magic voice box that he could mimic the voices of... Anyone's voice that he heard. Yeah. Not really sure how that works, but he had one. I want one. <laughs> so, um, the movie leads up to a party that was going on at... 
the I, guys. It wasn't Roman's house. It was the the producer that the, that yeah. took advantage of Sydney's mother. I can't remember his name. But, it's um, not important. He's not. He's honestly not that important of a character. Yeah. So Sydney's at the police station. It was a birthday party for Roman. Yes. Sydney's at the police station and. She gets a call that Dewey and Gail are tied up, and if she doesn't show up to this house, they're gonna be killed. They're gonna be killed. Now, up at this, up to this point, all of the cast from the movie, along with Roman, who is the director, were found was... dead in the house. So, it pretty much is pointing that the producer of this movie was the killer because he was the only one that was really left alive. Either him or the cop that was. Oh helping yeah, the them. detective. Yeah. So, Sydney shows up and has her fight with the killer, all that good stuff, and it is revealed... No, let me tell the reveal. Okay, you tell the reveal. It's revealed that Roman is her brother. He faked his death. He faked his death, and what happened was, is that um, Sydney's mother had him while she was still an actress, and... She started a whole new life and had Sydney, and he found her years later, knocked on her door, and she said that she wanted nothing to do with him, and he blamed Sydney for that. Yeah, so he also revealed that he was the one that pushed Billy Loomis into killing Sydney's mom by filming her mom having an affair with Billy's dad. And saying, okay, well, this is why your mom left. And pretty much showing that he was to blame for everything that had happened within the movies. Now, I feel that this one was much more unique than the second one. Um, I didn't like it more, but I, th- I think that it, it was a better reveal than the second one's reveal. I thought it was it was different, and it, was, it, it made it different enough from the first one to actually be worth having. See, I didn't mind... I really didn't like this movie as a movie no the reveal didn't bother me but it also felt to me like i don't know if wes craven had this whole trilogy planned i don't think he did i think to me to me it feels like to me it feels like he just made this story up yeah or whoever the writer was made this story up to make another movie i guess yeah i i honestly think that that this entire series is very money driven and you know, I don't think it hate is. me for it if you want, but the only reason to make the same movie so many times is to make money off of it because those movies did well in box office. Yeah, I I don't think that they made it for money, but I don't know. I don't know why you would make like they're they're you have to admit they're so so similar. It's like you could have just had one and it would have been fine. And it probably would have been just as famous as it is today, the first movie. I'm not saying that, but I also don't... Like, maybe they just like making the movies. I don't... I'm not going to say you did this for money. I don't know them. I don't... I don't know. I... Let a good thing... Like, make a good thing and don't ruin it, you know? And and that's just what they do. And, And the only... The only defense to it that I can think of is they're making money by doing it. It's, you know, it's their job. They make money. There's nothing wrong with that. People will buy it. People will watch it. But... I think it would have been a much more successful movie, the original, if they did not make the sequels. I think what made this movie hard for me to watch was I really didn't have any emotional connection to the people dying off. Yeah. It was the actors in the movie, they were either like really annoying, really shitty, or like they had no character development to the point where I was like, okay, you're just killing people on screen. It's just stacking up a body count. I really am not interested I in this I think that at was all. the point of it, though, is to kill everybody and then leave your favorites for last. 
Yeah, but it, then it makes the whole beginning of the movie boring. I definitely it saw it. gives me the same issue with the second one that I had where I just feel like it was so drawn out. And then they just threw random stuff in there. Like, they have Carrie Fisher in the movie, and she's like, oh, yeah, people tell me all the time that I look like Carrie Fisher. And then they have Jay and Silent Bob in the movie. No, I love that Jay and Silent Bob were in it. No, I and do. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> I do. I, and I love Jay and Silent Bob. I love Carrie Fisher. But it's like, why did you put these in the movie? Like, it it, it makes me wonder what they were thinking while making this movie. <laughs> like I said, it's a comedy. It's not a horror movie. Yeah, but... This one proves it. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say that what you didn't like was the fact that Dewey was sad about Gail Weathers. Because that hurt me. <laughs> what? He was so sad. Like, he, he I feel like he was with wannabe Gail Weathers to make real Gail Weathers jealous because he's in love with her. Yeah, well, the movie ends with, um... <laughs> the movie ends with Sydney killing Roman, just like the first Sue. Sydney kills the killer, and then, uh... Really badass scene where she kills the killer. Yeah. There was another line in this, too, that she said that I thought was... Badass or lame, because there was also that thing where she's, like... It, like... She shoots him 500 times, and it goes, and it makes it, like, oh, the killer's, like, Im- like it, you can't kill him. It's impossible, you know? And then he reveals that he's wearing, like, uh, a bulletproof vest, and later you find out that Sydney's also wearing one because he shoots her, and she's pretending to be dead. And she reveals, she's like, great minds think or or Guess we think alike. Guess we think alike, you know? And I was like, oh, God. I, I do like, I did like it as lame as it was when, uh, Roman, Roman's dying, and him and Sydney, like Sydney they holds hold his hand. Hands. Yeah, because it's almost like she kind of understood why he was doing. Like he was fucking crazy. Don't get me wrong, but like she understood why he was upset. Not necessarily why he did what he did, but she understood why he was upset. Exactly, and it's it was different because the first two movies, it was just like okay, these people are fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. This guy was just abandoned his whole life mm-hmm. by a mother that he never had and he just I, I feel like Sydney felt that and felt bad for him almost felt sorry for him and that's why she I think that she did him. feel sorry for him but I feel like a more successful route Roman would be to contact your sister and maybe have a relationship with her don't try and kill her that's just silly <laughs> I think at this point, the damage was done. I mean, like I said, the guy's crazy. Yeah, the movie ends with Sydney. She's back at her house, but Gail and Dewey are... I don't know if they're there visiting or if they move next to her, and it's kind of like this very happy ending, and uh, the detective's there. Does it ever the bring up the detective in the fourth one? No, I don't... I think he was just hanging out with them. I don't think he that's, was that's, there for any reason. That's so strange. This movie... These, this series just does not make any sense. So I feel like it was a, a pretty good closing to the trilogy that should have ended after the first movie. <laughs> it was a great tr- closing to the same movie three times. Uh, for the four, for the third one, I think I'd give the movie like a four. <laughs> four out of ten. I'll give it a 5.7. Are you just going to give all the movies the same rating? No, the fourth one's going to get a two. Spoiler. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the fourth one. (laughs) This week marks the anniversary of the infamous Woodsboro murders. Local celebrity victim Sydney Prescott chose to return to her hometown. Welcome home, Sydney. Watch the preview of coming events. What do you want? Who is this? 
He's trying to do Ghostface. I'm standing in the closet. All right, so Scream 4 is the most recent movie to come out. Wes Craven returned to direct the movie. It was the last movie he directed, right? Yes. Prior to dying. Yes. Rest in peace. He uh, only agreed to return to the movie if the movie script was as good as the original. None of them were good. (laughs) Um, The movie shows the... Remaining original characters, Dewey, Gale, and Sydney, uh, later on in life. Sydney has just released a book about overcoming her fear of coming out in public and dealing with all of the murders that she had dealt with. Gale and Dewey are married. Yep. Um, still, but they're, they're definitely of, having problems. Yeah, Gale is having problems writing because she has nothing to write about, and that's kind of weighing hard on Dewey and their relationship. The movie also introduces a new group of friends and... They're teenagers. They're teenagers. Uh, One of them is Sydney's cousin. Cousin named Jill. Named Jill, yep. And she's played by Emma Roberts, who Mm. you love her, you hate her. I don't know. Um, But uh, the movie follows this notion of movie remakes or reboots, which I thought was very cool oh, that yeah. they... I thought it was cool Let's that they did that. Let's talk about the opening scene. Uh, so the movie opens up with, like, five different fake... Mo- no, it was two right. different fake it movies. It starts out with Stab 5, no, I think. No, it was Four? Stab 7. No, I thought it was Stab, it was stab 5, seven. 6, and then 7. No, it was okay. 7. Well, okay, so it starts out with Stab 7 as, like, the ending... Or the beginning or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like the woman gets killed. And it's like the, the first scream, how Drew Barrymore, like they call, what's your favorite scary yeah. movie? And you're like, oh, okay, so this is going to be like the first but one. But it's Lucy Hale. <laughs> yeah, and it's Lucy Hale, who I love. But um, it turns out it was just the movie. It wasn't like an actual murder like Drew Barrymore was. And then it like shows two people watching it on the couch. Kristen Bell and Anna Paquin. Yeah, and then Kristen Bell ends up killing the girl on her from the couch and you're like, holy shit, this is crazy. Why did that happen? And then it's like, oh, this is also a stab movie. And then it goes to real life after that. Yeah. So it was really strange. It um, kind of, it shows though. I, uh, I feel I, like they tried to, to pay homage to the original one, but it was like, it was kind of, to, to me, it was very, um, like, cheesy. So, you know, I think that this was doing a more modern version of what the original Scream was trying to do. So the original Scream was showing, like, okay, slasher movies are drawn out, they keep repeating themselves, this is what's going on. And then this movie was kind of playing on drawing out series and doing reboots because reboots are such a big thing right now, and yeah. it's kind of like... But I don't even think it's in that aspect either. It's just, like... Um, kind of joking with modern society in general because Emma Roberts, her character wants to be famous and her whole thing is like, the movies are dead. You've got to be famous on, on the internet. Like she's just well, like... Her, no, because her thing was, um, at the end, spoiler alert, as this whole podcast is spoilers, um, Emma Roberts was the one behind all the killings and but she had, was doing it as a reboot because she was reenacting everything that had happened in the original. And she wanted the attention that Sydney had gotten from all of her friends and family being killed. She wanted yeah. that attention and she wanted to be famous. But this also played into what the first Scream did where it's like here's the rules for a horror movie to where they said here's the rules for a reboot and they followed that it was um like the ending was going to be similar to the the original but they had an extra scene at the end that nobody was expecting which was the hospital scene at the end of Scream 4 
where you find out you it shows Sydney being killed by Emma Roberts and then Emma Roberts sets the whole house up so it looks like she's just the last survivor and she killed the killer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out that she's she um she goes to the hospital and everybody's like flocking around her like reporters and she's like thinks that she did it. She thinks she's going to be famous and remembered for this and then she gets to the hospital and Dewey's at her bedside and she's like, oh, I just wish Sydney could be here. Like, I'm so sad that she's dead. And Dewey goes, listen, it's not definite yet, but she might make it. And, like, the oh, shit just comes over Emma Roberts' face. And she's like, what am I going to do? And he's like, oh, yeah, she's in ICU. She might make it. So she she sneaks up to the ICU. And during that time, Dewey goes in and she he's talking with um, uh, Gail Weathers. And he's like, oh, she said she wants to write a book with you since you guys have similar, uh, similar wounds. Because they both were stabbed in the shoulder. They both got shoulder. stabbed in the shoulder. And Courtney Cox looks at him and she goes, oh, that's nice. And then she's like, how does she know I got stabbed in the shoulder? And Dewey's like, shit. <laughs> and he's like running down the hallway. And she's like trying to strangle and kill Sydney in her hospital room. They realize that she was the killer. And she dies, rightfully. Yeah, I... I thought it was cool, too, how after they kill her and everything, all the reporters are outside, and they're giving the reports, and they're like, oh, Jill Roberts is the hero. So brave. Yeah, such so a brave, brave girl. And they don't they have no clue what had just happened in the hospital. Yeah. So. I, I do think it's almost weird to say because this movie is playing on remakes don't work. But to me, it does... You could barely get through it. Don't I know, even no, try I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying <laughs> it does a good job of what it set out to do. It's set out to say movie series these days, they keep getting drawn out. Do you think that they purposely made it bad for that reason? To, like, prove a point? I think so. I think it plays into the first one, how I said, like, the acting was bad. Like, they they set it up like a typical reboot. Just I like, hate reboots. Just like the first one set the movie up as a typical slasher movie. What's a reboot? Like, just think of, like, a reboot off the top of your head that you felt was very, very good. I didn't mind the Friday the 13th one, but I didn't feel like it was that Friday the 13th. That got a lot of shit for it. No, I didn't got a think lot it was shit. Friday the 13th, but I liked it as a separate movie. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We're going to do a whole episode on remakes and reboots, so... We should do that soon. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, this movie, honestly, at this point, it was hard for me to get through it, and I don't know if that's because of how bad the movie was how or because we watched... The other ones. Yeah, because we just watched all of the movies. Like, if you're going to watch these movies... Spread them yes, out. Please spread them out. But, <laughs> because um, it's going to feel like you're watching one long movie. That's how it felt to me, at least. So. Yeah, I, I might get shit for it, but I think I like this one a little bit more than Scream 3. Just because it was, it was more true to the first movie and what the movie was trying, the first movie was trying to do, and being a reboot. I would not not say that the Scream series in general, and not even the first movie, makes it into to like my favorite, like not my favorite, but like what I would consider great horror movies. Like I can think of probably off the top of my head, probably fifty great horror movies. Scream does not make it into that for me. And Dylan's gonna hate me for the rest of the night for that because he loves Scream. <laughs> I like the first I love the first one. I know you I, do. <laughs> as a series, I don't know. Um I'm still convinced this is the first time I watched it with you, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I never watched the series with you. Oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> I think Scream Four I would give it I give 
the third one a four. Mm-hmm. I think I'd give it like a five, I guess. Oh, so you're gonna give it higher than the third one? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give this one a four and a half. Um, I feel that if maybe if if you're a younger, like we're not old, but like <laughs> maybe if you're like seventeen. And, like, you know, like, when you're a kid and you hate, you like stupid shit, and then when you're old, you're like, wow, this is horrible. I feel like <laughs> it's going to be like that. I feel like 17-year-olds are going to be, that never watched the Scream series, I feel like they'll be, like, so giddy and excited about this really cool new horror movie. And in five years, when they watch it again, they're going to be like, wow. Well, that's how it was. I what mean, a piece of crap. I mean, when I was younger, like, when I was in high school and stuff, I was obsessed with, like, Scream 1, 2, and 3. I was like, these are masterpiece movies. And going back now, I'm like, eh. They're not masterpieces. No. I they love are the, a fun series. I love, to this day, the first one is still, like, one of my favorites, but... Would you say, yeah, but would you consider it one of your favorite horror movies, or would you just call it, consider it one of your favorite movies one in all genres? One of my favorite genre? movies in because all genres, horror, yeah. horror, it, it just doesn't hit the mark for horror. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, you know, and... That's fine, because I like all genres of movies. Horror is just one of, them, one of the ones they like. Yeah. But it's uh, just not. After TV. this, they made a Scream TV series on MTV. Which we're not talking we're about. We're not talking about it. Um, I have not watched it. I have heard mixed things about the series. I watched the first episode, and I thought it was absolutely terrible. But, I mean... To each their own. I'm not. It can't be worse than Scream Queens. <laughs> I am. I'm That's not a pile of shit. I'm not the kind of person who's like, oh, if you like this, you're should have a shitty no, taste. Like I'm. Has their yeah, own everybody taste. has their own taste, and I like to be subjective. I like to look at things and pick out like what I would like about yeah, it. Yeah, you definitely have a you. You have an easier time doing that than I do because when I don't yeah. like something, I just can't. But I just could not get into the series. I would like to go back and give it another try just because I've heard. Challenge us to do it in the episode, and he'll watch it. I guarantee it. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty hooked up on The Office right now, so I'm going to be stuck on that for a while. <laughs> and tune into our next podcast where we start discussing The Office. The horrors of office working. <laughs> um, We've done that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess that's going to wrap it up on our Scream episode. We want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast. Check out our episode for that we're going to be coming out with uh, next week. It's going to be about like all the stuff that got us into horror movies as kids. So yeah. Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark, uh, the Scary Stories books, anything, anything you can think yeah, of. Anything horror that we got in. Like, and I feel like Scooby-Doo counts. Yeah, we've been really excited to do this episode. This was one of the first ideas we came up with when we were planning out the podcast a couple months ago. And... I've been looking forward to this episode for a while. We're going to have our good friend Steven back on the show to discuss stuff with us, and it'll be great. So we hope you guys tune in. And please expect it to be like three hours. No, <laughs> probably not, but it'll be long. It'll be a fun one. Yeah, we have a lot to discuss. Oh, so. that's another thing. If you guys have any any things you want anything you want us to bring up in this episode that you remember from when you were a kid, we were born in the 90s, just so you know, like of our childhood, please message us contact us on on instagram and we love to chat with you guys so contact us let us know and we'll put your ideas out there good night (laughs)